0: Uh, um, Excuse me, uh, are, are you back for a second episode? I'm so excited to have you, but I'm even more excited about today's amazing guest. Today I get to talk music with the incredibly talented and incredibly kind and welcoming Eric Michael Lichter. Eric runs Dirt Floor Recording Studios in Haddam, Connecticut, and he is just the coolest. I met Eric a few years ago now when I recorded my very first songs with him as a young fledgling musician and he really was just so welcoming to me and to my brother and our friend who went in, honestly, with no idea what we were doing. We said, we got these songs, please help us fix them. And you'll hear a little bit about that, but you'll also get to hear so many cool things about what it's like to create and run a beautiful, amazing recording studio like Dirt Floor. This episode is chock full of awesome information and awesome stories from Eric, I mean, you're going to hear about how he got hit by a car. You're going to hear about how he became friends with the one and only Carly Simon. But more importantly, you're going to get to hear all about Eric's journey as a musician and Eric's creation of Dirt Floor Studios. I'm so thankful and so excited to be able to share this episode and this conversation with you. I hope that you garner something from it. Eric really is the man. Now I do need to give a quick plug to the socials before we really ramp into this. If you're liking what you're hearing so far, first of all, I would so love and appreciate if you have just a teensy little bit of time in your day. If you're liking what you hear, go give us a little five stars on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Write a quick little review. Because that's really going to help us reach more and more people. And I know this sounds very, very self-serving. I feel like I'm a beggar. Call me Aladdin. I am riff raff, street rat. I don't buy that. But also, if you're really liking what you hear and you want to keep in touch or want to send me ideas, you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at What You Do Podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook at Tell Me What You Do Podcast. Anyways, now that all that's out of the way, let me stop talking myself in circles, and let's get on with the show. Please enjoy this amazing conversation with the one and only Eric Michael Lichter. Roll the tapes. My name is Eric,
1: and this is what I do.
0: I don't know what to do, this whole career thing's got me so confused, I went to school like they told me to Well, maybe if you told me what you do I'd choose a cool job to pursue If you're a psychic, that's cool I'll leave choosing up to you Anyways, now tell me what you do Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Tell Me What You Do podcast I'm here with the coolest guy I've ever met in my entire life The incomparable musician, producer, businessman, Everything Under the Sun and everything under this awesome hat he's wearing. Eric Michael Lichter. Eric, thanks for being here. I am absolutely uh, overjoyed uh, to be a part of this, and it's really great to be with you. We are sitting in the most beautiful recording studio, I think, under the sun. Well, that's very, very high praise. Yes, I've seen a number of them, and there's nothing better than this, I don't think. It's beautiful. I appreciate that. Thank you. So that's kind of a little tease of what we're getting into, I guess, because let me just ask you the question I ask everybody. Eric, tell me what you do.
1: (laughs) I am a, um, by day, um, record producer, musician, and uh, recording studio owner, and father. And father. Yes. Most importantly.
0: Most importantly. I just saw, and this is something I wanted to hit later, but I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, Was it CPTV? Yes. yes. Yeah. So Connecticut you're in, Public Television. In, yeah, in Connecticut. Uh, we're here in Hadam. Hadam, yeah. And it's beautiful. But I saw the little, the special, the, the segment they did on you. Yeah. And I watched it, and I was like, you're like the living the dream, in my opinion. <laughs> I know everything from the outside looks always right, different. Right, right. But you said a few things in there about balancing music and... Home life, right, and that you don't like. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, it's most important for you to get home at the end of the day and spend time with your family.
1: Right, I think it colors everything that you do. Um, I mean, certainly for me, or for most of us that you know uh, resonate uh, with family and family values, and uh, you know, music tends to breed a, a little bit or a lot of delusion no matter how yeah. good or, <laughs> or not good you are. I think that yeah. there is, in this social media-driven world, <clears throat> a whole lot of people who believe they're going to be the next big thing. Yeah. And for me to be able to be at all successful in this business, you know, carve out my own little slice of, of heaven, you know, yeah. it was to be able to maintain a balance of family and, and work together and let the two things sort of color one another. Right. And that's why I think it's
0: worked as well as it has. That's awesome.
1: Did that answer the question? Did
0: there wasn't really a question. <laughs> okay. I guess it was mostly just that I really admire the fact that you're able to well, kind of put you. family, put your daughter first and put all that, yeah. but still be pursuing. Because I, I do think, like I, I play music. You know this, yeah, but these yeah. people may not. That's how we, that's <laughs> that's how how we, we met. met in the first place. I recorded a couple songs here. i very talented, I might uh, say. Well, Thank you. No, well,
1: Yeah. You're the best you that you can be, and that's
0: the key to being great at anything. It's be your. I was just saying that somebody be yourself, and everything else will come to you. People don't
1: really, um, they don't understand that because they're so busy trying to be someone else
0: or to be perfect, but. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be you. Yes, you gotta be an authentically yourself. That's it. Yeah. The second I was just saying to someone, the second you feel any sense of inauthentic- inauthenticity, it's just like, for me personally, I'm like, I'm done. I don't really yeah. want to hang with this person. I'm the anymore. same
1: way. I, I have enough people in my life, and you know, it has to be a pretty special,
0: you know, yeah. You have to have that quality. Yes, that real connection to be allowed in. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So music. Let's just, I want to kind of dial it back. We kind of okay. got off on a tangent of the family thing. Which That's going to happen. It is. It's for sure going to happen. But I'd love to hear kind of your story a little bit. So like walk me back to, let's say, high school, Eric. I'm assuming you were already playing music or? I was, you know. Um, I didn't really,
1: I, you know, I didn't have any aspirations then. Yeah. I think I played soccer and, did a few other things, and um, I had a couple of high school bands, nothing serious, and I wasn't really singing. And so this is where, like, it there it was a pivotal moment. I got in trouble. Uh, it had something to do with weed or something in That's high how school. It, it happens. <laughs> and our soccer coach <clears throat> basically said, "Listen, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go through the normal channels of like, you know, you know." Turning you in, um, he also happened to be the um, chorus instructor and music teacher at the high school, oh. and he basically said, "Listen, we have a shortage of of um, male." chorus members and you can sing because he could, he, you know, he taught my music class. And so I think he heard me sing. Uh, he was like, you can sing. So you have to do this. So I basically, you know, made a deal with the devil. He's, he's still <laughs> wonderful. We're Facebook friends now. He's, he had a, a, a huge impact on my life because of that. Yeah. But I joined like the chorus. I remember this. There was this thing in my high school called the Wassail Chorus, which was a madrigal. Thing and we had to wear these sort of medieval, oh, velvety like no. sort of costumes. You Are know, there, photos there? there aren't. <laughs> but they had the same. Those costumes were already like thirty something years old when we were wearing them, and I think they continued to wear them for thirty years after me.
0: Oh my um, God. I'm dating
1: myself. But it was very difficult because one holiday it was only months later. I'm trying to shorten this, but
0: no, we
1: uh, were in the high school cafeteria he was like listen we're going to go through the cafeteria and sing
0: oh no and
1: i was like no please let this not be true <laughs> like cuz i'm going to be relentlessly tortured by my friends cuz i had your like velvet shirt yeah and i yeah. had my, you know what i would consider at the time cool friends you know sort of a part of a cool group oh, of kids but yeah. i liked everybody you know i was that kid that just was friends with everyone i never really judged but these were like sort of the jocks and they could be tough. Oh. And they were. Yep. And they were. And, uh, and I'm out there singing, you know, the Wassail song, yes. which I still remember and getting just relentlessly teased. Just but I stuck it out. That was the beginning of, my, of the singing part. And then I, I auditioned for this thing called Allstate, which was this okay. big thing in Connecticut, which was like, you know, the prestigious, if you got Allstate, you were like the uh, cream of the crop. Yes. You know. Yeah. And I did it and I made it. And it was like, Boom. Wow That's and it changed thing. my life. yeah it changed my life and I started to take things a little more seriously. So that was kind of what was happening in high school. okay so then the time. you finished high school yeah went to college uh, studied journalism of all things. Oh. Uh, didn't really study music because I, I, I had a minor in it yeah because I felt like it had already it was already something that was ingrained in me yeah and I wanted to again it's that practical part. I wanted to work on something that I could fall back on. That was my choice. My parents have always been very supportive of both my brother and myself. You know, they wanted us to follow our dreams. You know, they're real and we had some incredible moments, like in my twenties, you know, when I was your age. I mean, I had like things were really happening musically, but that's that's another story.
0: Yeah.
1: For like down the road in about 10 minutes. A podcast too, but But, um, yeah, and, and I, I played music through college and f- wound up joining some band, you know, some Hootie and the Blowfish-type band or something. Oh, yeah. It was pretty crappy, but it was the 90s. So that but was I st-
0: considered the cream of the crop, right? <laughs> yeah, at that
1: time. But I stayed in it, and, and uh, we were out on Martha's Vineyard. We were living oh, out cool. there. So we, I spent a lot Martha of my life out there. And we, we got involved with Carly Simon in you know, a really fortuitous kind of uh, situation. Wow. And this is the story, really, where things got really exciting because we were living out there, and I, I was working. I was a bank teller. If you can,
0: if you can picture I it. I cannot picture it.
1: Yeah, in Vineyard Haven, for those wow. who are going to be listening to this, in Vineyard Haven, there's an old stone building at the top of Main Street, and mm-hmm. it used to be a bank, and I worked in it in addition to playing music and doing a host of other things. Yeah. And my brother was also out there, and we, like, ruled the island. Yeah. So we played music. We were in all of these bands. And just doing, like, club and bar. And they're all and bars. You and... know, they're all night, yeah. you know. But we would play, you know, at, at all of these different places. We had different bands, which were featuring the Lichter Brothers. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it was always, like, us. And it was great. And so... Uh, Carly had a nightclub out there called the Hot Tin Roof, which was, it was world famous. No cat? No No cat. cat, No cat on it. it. (laughs) No, but it was a beautiful nightclub. It had existed in the early 80s. Bonnie Raitt and Peter Frampton and James Taylor and like Little Feet and all these incredible people had gone through and it was right near the airport. I I could have stayed. Yeah. And you could be a big fish in a small pond but never leave. But that's a dangerous thing. Yes, especially if you want to experience life outside. But we got involved with Carly through her kids because we were uh, we had become friends with her kids, Ben and Sally, who are also James's kids, James Taylor's kids. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty pretty cool thing. We got to spend a lot of quality time with her and and make music. So that changed our lives. It really was. So coming back home to Connecticut, you know, we were covered in all these like local mag, like papers, like local boys.
0: Befriend Carly.
1: Yeah, like with <laughs> gr- like, and she had won an Oscar. She didn't win a Grammy. She won an Oscar for like um, Working Girl, I think it was the movie. Really? Yeah. There was for... a song called Let the River Run. Oh. And it was like this big, like triumphant, like yes, women, you know, you will rise above. Anything. Yeah, and and that's hey, that song should be played everywhere right now. Yes in the current climate, but it's just been a great journey. I mean, uh, and I somehow found myself in, you know, doing this farther, a lot farther down the road. Yeah. Uh, because as an artist, I wound up having some label, uh, there's a record label involvement, uh, stemming from the Carly, uh, the Carly thing. And, that soured pretty quickly, and that was the late '90s. At okay. that point, when record companies still were on the planet, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what happened was, uh, I they were I was being groomed as this sort of um, urban singer songwriter, sort of like an urban Lyle Lovett. Or, really? or something with drum loops, but acoustic guitars. It was like oh. pre, just pre uh, Backstreet and and Britney. Yeah. Because I remember when that happened, like to a T. I was living in Brooklyn Heights. I had a little TV. I had MTV on. You see those pigtails? <laughs> well, they had like TRL, you know, and, yeah. and Carson and Times Square. And they always had like cool stuff. I always paid attention to it. Then one day they did. They had Britney, and it was the, you know, the Hit Me Baby one more time. Yep. And then it was like one after the other, everything changed. Yeah. And I liked it all. It was entertaining. Yes. But yeah. it was like you couldn't get arrested with a guitar. Like if you didn't yes. dance or look a little goofy. Because looking back, yeah, I love Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like a he's incredible. But how Those they outfits. even survived that stuff.
0: I know.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. I was
0: always like, really? That's These guys look like. Moron, you know,
1: but I also wasn't like fifteen, right? I was twenty-seven or twenty-eight at the time, and you know, it wasn't exactly my fashion of choice. But that's fair. That all soured. I gave up music, actually. Really? Yeah, and was hired by the record company. The same record companies. They had to. They needed to recoup some of the money that they gave me. Yeah, it's it's your typical story. I mean, it really is. But they hired me, which was like the really. which was the silver lining. So I worked at this record company um, and gave up music entirely very quickly. I was hit by a car outside of my apartment. I was coming back from a run and I had my, my dog and it really did a number on my insides. I had some damage done. Really? We had a lawsuit with this person who hit me. They were driving the car and it afforded me a little uh, enough to be able to get out of the record company and leave and also get on with my life and i left for california i joined my brother out there in la santa monica and tra- did a little bit of traveling and wrote my first album in hotel rooms in like the desert you know in baker yeah. california with the the town it's a it's a gas station town oh it bo- the only thing it has is the world's tallest thermometer that's it? Yep. It's if you're leaving Vegas, heading to Los Angeles oh, on okay. I-15,
0: I believe. It's yeah. like on that road, Barstow. That is one of those things you'd expect to hit on the, that it road, is, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it was an
1: awesome thing, and I made my own record. Like, and, and I had some gear that I purchased when I was involved with the record company, and I stored it at my parents' house wow. in Connecticut. And I never really knew how to use it, but it was recording equipment, and some instruments, and I started to learn how to play like the drums and the keys mm-hmm. and like... These other little things. I made this yeah. record for myself, and that record brought me. It changed. That record changed my life. It's called Corduroy. Yeah. C O R D on Spotify and on oh, No, it's C H O R D. Cord. Like right. Cord. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was a thinly veiled tribute to my my friend. I lost my best friend on September 11th, oh. or it wasn't September 11th. It's actually a few days after it. It it, really? which, it was just a strange twist, but related. No, no related? relation. He was oh, an wow. actor, and he was at um, the Shakespeare and Company in Western Mass, and was, he died climbing, rock climbing. Oh wow, that's horrible. I'm sorry. But his death was sort of swallowed. By what happened on september 11th it's you know it was hard to process it fully because of everything else that had gone
0: down yeah
1: like anything was possible at that yeah. point you know what i mean it but
0: like you're mourning this but you're mourning this yeah a huge world event absolutely and- so a few years later
1: i made this record i called it corduroy and and uh because we both had these really funky corduroy coats we would wear out yeah we were like so connected, everybody thought we were, like, together. Oh, really? Everyone thought that. And oh. because we would play it up, too. Oh, you got to Once they think it, you're like... And it was awesome. So we'd go into, like, these boutiques on 8th Street and stuff and try oh, on, like, my fuzzy gosh. jacket and, like, hey, how does it look? You know?
0: Yes.
1: But we had, like, so much fun together. His mom found this song in his drawer, his childhood bedroom drawer, um, called These Old Bones. And I put it as the closing track on the album. It's actually him just sitting... Singing into a tape recorder. Oh. So it was a special record because it changed. People heard that record and they are like, you know, can you do this for me? Could you do this? Wow. And I was like, well, maybe I can. Like, maybe I could. Oh. Because I had no prospects at the time. I was like floundering a little bit. Yeah. You're just kind of, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And I met my, my future wife, my first wife, mm. Sandra. Now, uh, she discovered this record somehow. Really? And we met. You dated a fan. <laughs> she was, you know, but she was also a brilliant songwriter, too. Like she's really into Towns Van Zandt, which no one I heard of, no one at that time. Now Towns Van Zandt's sort of this name that people throw out when yeah. they're, like, hip and cool and they want to utilize and use, like, a cool, yeah. semi-obscure
0: songwriter to name check. And I love Towns too, but yeah. she really loves him. But isn't that such, like, a... You're like, oh, okay, this is it. When somebody says, like, a yeah, as a musician, at least, like, they say, oh, I love this artist, and you're like, you know that artist, yep, and it stops everything. Your, Your heart starts the world. Stops and you're like, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was
1: it was one of those things where, and why why I bring her up in the story is it's important because I you know I have my daughter now, right? So it go, it all goes back to the record, and now had she not heard this record we never would have met i would most likely have never have my daughter wow and wow. onward and, and upward so i really do look at it as sort of the the defining life-changing thing yeah. and then i started dirt floor i don't even remember where the name came from but i started it uh in 2006 and i made a lot of crummy records uh, you know because you've got a you know yeah. you've got a butcher a few you do. before you before oh, yeah. you get get it down and so it, you know, they say it takes about what five or six years for an overnight success. Oh wow! So I've been yeah. at it now for twelve years. I'm twelve years
0: in, and and it is an incredible thing to be able to look back. Yeah. So and it sounds almost as if I mean, it doesn't sound like you just told the story. Like you, this was. Not I hope ever I didn't go long winded on that. No, but. I loved it. You, but this was effectively not in the plan.
1: Not no. that there was no.
0: necessarily a plan, and that's not to get on my own thing, but that's sort of the, you're a good example of exactly what made me want to start this podcast is that I hear so many people, especially people I know with, this is my plan. I'm going to finish high school, go to college, become a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer. Right. I'm going to finish. I'm going to get married. I'm going to, and it's like, life's not that straight of a line. And this sounds like it sounds like you're in a, an amazing place now where it's a good place. Yeah. I, I appreciate it for that reason. Yeah,
1: And I also tell people, you know, if you have something that you want to do, there's nothing that's so far-fetched. I mean, obviously there probably are things, but okay. in, at least in my world or yeah. our world, like if you have something that that you think is viable that people need, if you believe in it and you do it and commit to doing it, commitment you will get a return on it like I think what you're doing is great like I love the whole premise I love the title like I I can't wait to hear the theme song which I imagine when I listen (laughs) back will be at the beginning of this it will um and you have vision and tenacity those are the things that you need and and just going back to my daughter very quickly I I really stuck this out for her uh, because we, it, things didn't work out with my first wife, which is okay. She's a wonderful person, and she's a great mom. I wanted to show my daughter that you can, if you are focused and driven, and are are realistic, that you the can key,
0: do right? it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But also very important. I said when it comes down to like sort of, there is a financial. Part of it. Of course. It's this thing that being an artist, people just think, oh, well, it's not from my perspective, but people who are out there being an artist, you know, they they ask me, like, who's to blame for, you know, artists not getting what they're worth, you know, when they're playing out or this or that. And I say, well, it's the artists. That's who I blame. I don't blame the people. I don't blame Spotify. Yeah. I blame the people, the artists making them because there are a lot of them willing to say, well, okay, I'll take this. Yeah. So oh, for yeah. me as a producer and an engineer and, you know, doing this at Dirt Floor, it's like uh, it's it's not cheap. It isn't cheap. Oh, I bet. You know, there are, there are recording studios, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And I my my thought is, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You can either do it the right way or do it good enough. And good enough, if that's good enough for somebody, right? that's fine. It's not good enough for me. And I get people, you know, like you and, and other people who are... Who, who basically demand the best possible thing. So that's, right. that's
0: what I do. And you, so jumping a little bit into that, you, in my experience, are very hands-on, which I think mm-hmm. is amazing. So I'm going to come at this from a, music, a musician standpoint, I guess. And well, that's how we know each other. Yes. So I, to, to dial it back, what, whoa, six years? Could it be? We're going to have to watch that video again. Yeah, we are. Whoa. But that uh, was such a cool video. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) With the skateboard. Yes. Um, But coming in for me as an example, working with you was my first time in a recording studio, like, at all. It was kind of like, I've got all these songs. I'm like a senior in high school or something, and I don't know what I'm doing. And you were just Phenomenal. But I think even now, like I don't live in Connecticut anymore, so it's tricky to re- it's tricky for me to record music in general. But right, right. To come in now, as I think somebody who I have a vision of what I want my like potential EP or my album to sound like, I still value the idea that for you, for example, I would come in and it's like, oh well, let's try this lead guitar, or I'll never forget on. I have the song Free, or Alive and Well is what everybody calls it. And we came in, and we didn't really have an idea for the song. We just said, that's our best song. Let's record that. And we laid it all down, and you were like, sounds good. And then you were like, let's throw an organ on there. And I just remember. Oh, I will never forget that. Yeah. I just remember thinking, like, a what? You want to do a what? And I listened to a lot of, like, poppy music. So I was kind of like, an organ? And you sat down and you go, let's just try it. If you don't like it, we can scrap it. And it was just like. Boom, there's the song. All of a sudden. I
1: remember that like it was yesterday.
0: Yeah. Those moments stay with you. Yeah. But that, for musicians coming in, is that, do you think, what do you think that stems from, your love for, for music in general? It
1: does. I think, you know, I have um, a very encyclopedic knowledge of, like, of, uh, I don't like to genre specific music. I don't yeah. like to say different genres, but music good music yeah you know whether it's uh you know again like Justin Timberlake I don't think his new record's good I don't think like I think it could have been better but (laughs) that's an aside but like going from there to Crosby Stills and Nash and then going to you know the National to you know there are all of these to Guns N'
0: Roses
1: Roses. (laughs) like they're all what connects them all they're all very good yeah whether it's your thing or not is, is okay, but I have the an ability to, you know, you come in and there's a vibe. If you have a certain vibe musically, yeah. I can kind of tell where you're going. And so we kind of go in that direction, but I also want to make it somewhat universal too. Right. Because I feel like when you put something that's a little bit... um What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, subliminal when you put something subliminal in a song, something that's familiar to people, it makes them react even more. So I think adding that organ to that song, which was very poppy yeah, brought it probably had an effect on other people who might gravitate more towards classic rock, right because they're like, you have an, you have this ham and organ in this song." Yeah. And the song like really did call it, it served it well, yeah. you know. And th- that kind of thing is being used more and more in music now as pop music is getting less shiny. Yeah, which is And nice. a little more to the, back to the organic. Right. Uh, but I'll never forget that moment. That yeah. was an incredible thing. Oh, but I yeah. do do that a lot. And, and as I, <clears throat> right now it's, a, it's an interesting place because I get to look back 10
0: years. Yeah. But I'm still at the beginning. Oh, Yeah. Because yeah. I'm looking forward. Tons more to do, buddy. Just starting,
1: <laughs> just starting. And now I don't have to argue my point. Because as a producer, if I make these suggestions, people are like, you know what? I know you have a good track record. Go, do yeah. it. But, you know, there was a time when I would beg. I'm like, please, please let me just, do this. Just put this on there. But it really does. It's It helps yeah. to sort of, like, come in and, and, and realize it's your song. It'll always be your song. But what we're doing is something it's a bit it's a bit spiritual, yeah because it becomes it's like we're pulling this stuff out of the
0: sky out of yeah some other place, I'm just your hands, yeah, even just writing the song sometimes it's like, where did that come from right <laughs> it is like I blacked out it
1: does it goes from the ether to you, yeah, and then you know to me or to somebody
0: who's capable of bringing it to life in the in the best way possible, so that gives me a Quick additional question, which is then, I imagine working with musicians. I know a lot of musicians. I am a musician. There's definitely a level, I think, of ego and narcissism. It's insane. It's got to be insane. Yeah. And I imagine, I'm just curious, do you ever work with somebody who you go, you're walking in you're thinking, this is going to be great, and then it's just their way or the highway. No, No. I haven't. I'll tell
1: you why. that's That's so great to hear. I'll tell you why it used to happen, but now I'm at this point I always have interviews. I always do interviews, like not, not <laughs> in interview, like this, like this yeah. one, but we do. We sit down and we talk and I get a feel. Yeah. And basically I, I lay it out right away. I you know, say, you know, this is a, you know, I don't want to hear about the record company stuff. I don't, wanna, I don't uh, care about what label wants you or how great you are or yeah. this, that, or the other thing. I want to work. Like that's why I'm here. I want to yeah. work. And, like, I want to make good music. I'm here to work. And none of the other stuff matters to me. Like, it gets to to even where, you know, I don't allow, like, drugs. That's good. Anywhere, like, it's if they're going to do that, <laughs> they can, you know, go somewhere where I can't see it, you know, or yeah. leave the property. I prefer it not on the premises at all. It's very rare that anybody does anyway. It's usually yeah. just weed. But yeah. there are people I just don't work with because it's like I can't deal with this. That energy. The energy is bad, and there isn't enough money that can make me have to put up with that. That's awesome. So every record has turned out just so great because I
0: genuinely like everyone I work with. I right. really, really genuinely do. And that's so great. Yeah. And I think once you get that connection with somebody, when it's a, it's there's the trust, right? Like the trust of like, okay, I trust yeah, that I have a good starts. song, but I trust that you're going to make my song that I think is good into what it has the potential to be. Yeah. And you're, you're the potential finder. That's true,
1: you know, yeah. but there's a lot of pressure, you know. It's the, the funny thing is, I don't get sick very often, but like there's no... Uh, like if they come in, they've got to leave with something. They have to have some. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. So I have to perform every time, yeah. like every single time. In and cases. I've got to pull it out of me. Like I can't phone it in because like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. I've got to find a way around it. So if there's a day where I'm feeling a little sluggish or maybe not so good or maybe I have something on my mind that's sort of, you know, taking my thoughts, yeah. Yeah. I've got to find my way around it because by 5 o'clock they've got to have a song, a song, you know, or we're working on a whole album project and we've still got, you know, we've got time constraints. Right. I have to perform. And I have to have them feeling like their captain, their guy... Right is <clears throat> capable of doing this, of flying this plane, and I yeah. do, and I have every single time, and that's the thing that blows my mind. And
0: I think that's a testament to your own work ethic and your own attitude and outlook. I mean, I've been in other studios, and I've had that moment where I'm standing in this studio, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm driving the ship." Like, right. I thought you were the producer, but I guess I'm I'm making every single call. Right. And they're just kind of like. What else do you want to put down? I'm like, I don't know. I came here thinking you'd have ideas. (laughs) That's the thing. You have to,
1: uh, and that's why those places are, they're fine and good, but they don't, they don't really understand. And this is like next level stuff. Right. This is like taking it to the next level and everything that comes out of here, I, you know, and I probably told you this when you, when you were in, you know, all, all those years ago, but I want it to be as good as you want it to be. Like I want it to I, like if'm I'm, I'm happy, yeah, I'm thrilled. I don't it's not a matter of coming in paying your money and leaving. No one yeah. has ever just done that and disappeared. Yeah. It's always you know created a bit of a family, yeah and across there becomes this cross thing that happens where artists become friends with one another through this
0: process, right. Like I was just telling you before we were recording about my friend Kirsten, right who yeah. is now in tiny ocean.: That's right, the, yeah. I think that you were almost the reason we ended and up becoming She's such a friends. wonderful human being, and I, yeah. I just and I feel closer to you because
1: you're close to her. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. There's that thing, so it just it really is a wonderful thing to have that connection and be able to make that connection. Yes.
0: Now, do you still do all analog? No, I don't. No. In fact, uh, I've
1: succumbed. Really? To Pro Tools. Oh, but I, okay. it, as you can see, I'm using an old uh, large format mixing console, a Neve for yeah. those listening, as well as um, a lot of old preamps and compressors and things. But what happened was it was the workload increased so much and the cost of tape was expensive. Yeah. Uh, it really, and, and I started to really realize that no one was coming, for me, coming to me for, because of what I was using. They oh. were coming to me for what we do.
0: Right. Like what the exp- the overall experience. The experience.
1: So the tape <clears throat> machine was really a great way to get my foot in the door and set myself apart. Yeah. But now I'm getting the sound I want, and I can store, you know, tons, tons of projects at yeah. once. Where you know on a tape you can only store one project on a tape, and some and it usually spans the, you know, four or five different reels of of oh, recording wow. tape at three hundred dollars per reel. You get oh. about fifteen minutes.
0: Whoa. Per real,
1: and it really doesn't sound. I'm, um, you know, I, I used to think it did, but it doesn't. Not with what I've got available to me now. Yeah, because I'm running things, uh, you know, the, the, you know, in the analog tradition up until it hits Pro Tools. Right.
0: So that's pretty awesome. So yeah. you're still keeping that warm sound, that absolutely. Warm, like we're out in a cabin in the woods. It's it couldn't be more warm, you know. And then yeah. I get, at the
1: end of the day, you know. Uh, What's great is, you know, because I did, I met the love of my life, you know. Yeah. And meeting her was, it was an interesting story, but a, another one of those spiritual things that we just happened to meet at, a, she works, or was working at a hospital. Oh. I don't want to veer off too much, but That's she was okay. working in a hospital. My dad was in the hospital for just a, a procedure. Yeah. I went in to support him one morning, and she was tending to my dad. Uh, she was an, uh, an anesthetist. Really? At Yale New Haven Hospital. And we met and just had this little conversation, but it stuck with us both. Oh. And we put off meeting one another for a couple of years. Was it a year and a half, I believe? Yeah. Really? And we finally got together and went out, like, on a date, finally. And that was, we were never apart ever since we oh. were together. my heart's going to explode. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she, it's changed my life again, yeah. like... Uh, uh, but she started out doing something else, and after September 11th, decided I'm going to do this thing and go back to school and become a nurse anesthetist and really? have an effect on people in a positive yeah. way. And she and she did, and she loves her job. But yeah. I I get to that now um, because this place that you're in now is just my home, right? And I didn't have the recording equipment here; it was in another location, and. We got married, and now this place is just the studio. Yeah. So I, at the end of the day, I get to go home and sort of leave it behind. Yeah, but it, I imagine it still feels so comfortable because it was your It home. is, yeah. yeah, and we love spending time here at holiday yeah. time. And yeah. It's a very John Denver Christmas. It's a very 70s holiday. Yeah you know, TV special
0: cabin. It's amazing. It is. It's gorgeous. It's a great place to make records. I know. I'm like here. I'm like I don't want to leave. I know. It's 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 comfortable. Yeah. Is your wife a musician?
1: My wife has an incredible harmony sense. She's not a musician. She was but she was raised in this family. She's the youngest uh the youngest child. She has, you know, uh, three sisters and, and a brother. Cool. And uh they just sing together? No. Well, they were musical. And, and her mom, my mother-in-law, is like incredibly musical. She sings in like, a, in, in like a choir. And she also has like a little quartet that she sings oh, with. Cute. She's wonderful. And uh, Linda, my wife, can absolutely harmonize and sing. That's, and she makes that's me laugh every day of my life. Oh. This morning, you know, we were singing this morning. We, oh, we sing this stupid song every morning. It's like 6 in the morning. It's dark. That, you remember that song? I believe that love is the end. Oh, yes. That cheesy, cheesy, cheesy <laughs> yes. song.
0: For every single morning. you like about to tell me that was secretly your wedding song or something. No,
1: it wasn't. <laughs> but for some reason, we send each other an emojis of like singing it like, I believe, oh in the goodness. most obnoxious way possible. Yes, And she just makes me laugh. And she That's can sing thing. and harmonize. And she's just, uh, and she gets me. Like she supports my, she supports what I do. You know, it's not easy for, it wouldn't be easy for everyone. No. I'm not easy to. You're a busy guy. I'm busy. You know, and I think I probably am easy to live with because when I'm home, it's like full Netflix. Oh, yes. Like
0: full binge watch. Brain off TV. Yeah.
1: Like let's cook something and I want to be in like my, you know, we wear scrubs. Yes, because she has scrubs oh. all around that. Like, oh, that's a awesome. hospital, so we wear scrubs. Yeah. Oh, and I'll eat till I pass out, and then we just go to sleep, and then oh. I do it all over again. Can you day. adopt me? It's pretty. Easy. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We wanted to have a, a child. We're <gasps> just going to adopt. He's her. already
0: fully raised. Yeah, and we don't have to. Training. Honey,
1: <laughs> can we? Can
0: we? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's she can. She can sing, and we awesome. we do have some fun. Nice. So. It sounds like maybe you've collaborated a little, but what would your dream collaboration be? If you could have anybody walk through this door right now and say, Eric, I want to put down a whole album with you. Let's do this. Wow. That's crazy. You know, I, do t- I talk about this all the time.
1: I'm glad you bring that up. When Johnny Cash had his comeback, like in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, it was Rick Rubin that kind of brought him back, and he started to make this incredible, the American uh The Deaf American Collection or American Recordings. It changed Johnny Cash. It brought him to younger people. It made him cool again. And he never went anywhere to begin with. He made just records that didn't really do very much or weren't very good maybe. And I really wanted to have that effect on a couple of people. And some of these people, I've always wanted to work with like Gordon Lightfoot who's like an old timer. But he hasn't had that moment, and he's alive. And, and you want to bring to, it to him. Yeah, and Dan Fogelberg, who's one of my heroes, who's, who passed away a few years, f- several years ago, 10 years. I always felt like I could make a great record with him. But also I think you know Fleet Foxes, who I love, the Fleet Foxes, and, uh, and Dawes, maybe. Oh, Dawes. It's I feel like awesome. I could make a great, but they make great records on their own already. They don't they do. need me to make great records, but I
0: would love, because I feel like we get each other. Yeah. That would, that would be cool. They're great. Like, yeah. I love what they do. So we got your dream collaboration. There's lots of them. I guess yeah. really the only thing I have left is, what did I miss? If you were to be giving somebody advice. Now, I know this was not necessarily the plan from day one was not, I'm going to become the coolest record producer in Connecticut but or in the world. But if somebody were saying, okay, I want to create this space for artists where they can come to me and they can record and feel like they're at home right. what kind of advice would you give them to that person if or they people? wanted to create something like that create something as amazing as this or try to
1: there are just so many uh, intangibles you know I think first is the desire you know because I've I've talked to people who you know have embodied you know one or more of those things but not all of them. Uh, I think it's a perfect storm. Uh, It's got to be the desire to Mm -hmm. do it, the burning desire. But you have to be good with people too. Oh yeah. I think a big part of it is having a really good bedside manner and a good and an ability to uh, be good with all people. How to disarm people? You have to be. My wife always says, "You know, I'm good at disarming people." Yes, you are. Told. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it comes from my dad. I don't. I don't know. Uh, my brother isn't. My brother's a little more gruff than me. <laughs> he can come off a, a, a bit abrasive. He's a sweetheart too, yeah. but he's abrasive. You know, and I'm sort of the peacekeeper. Ah, uh, yep. Uh, but I think you that that's maybe first and foremost.
0: It's you know, just the desire and being kind, or and being, being kind or, or having a very good rapport with people
1: rapport with people yeah yeah where people go you
0: know what i want to work with this guy like what's it going to take for me to work with this guy yeah and i think that's a good thing in all avenues whether you're trying to do music it is if you if you walk into a room and people like you you're you have i don't want to say magnetic but if you have that vibe about you where it's just like he just seems so nice or she just seems so nice you want to be around them and you're going to go farther and people are going to there's no doubt yeah Absolutely no doubt in my mind.
1: Um, you know my partner, who's great, uh, Steve Whitus.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he it works so well because he is the antithesis of me. He's oh. the bad cop. I'm the good cop. Oh. You know on the projects that we we're doing together because he he pulls no punches. He's very very like dry.
0: Yeah. He's flag. funny,
1: but. He's, he's tough to get sometimes, and you have to understand where he's coming from or his humor.
0: Oh, are you? Because you
1: might think he hates you, but he doesn't. He's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, or he'll come off as, like, sort of, you know, over the top, but he's not. He's, like, you know, he's just very different than I am.
0: I have to learn to be a bad cop once in a while. Yeah. Well, the days he's at sick, right? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you think we missed anything? Is I don't anything think so. So, I think... Um, I think we got everything. I think we heard your story. Yeah, I mean, I think you have enough to work.
1: You probably have more than you need.
0: Oh, yeah, that's okay. Well, Aaron, <laughs> thank you for having me here in this awesome space. Well, and I appreciate you being here. It's so been excited. really to great see to, see to hang it. with you. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you if they want to come record?
1: Oh, well, you know, there's um, Dirt Floor Recording com or DirtFloorRecordingStudios.com, I believe that's always link. changing. Then there's Facebook, Dirt Floor Recording and Production mm-hmm. on Facebook, Instagram. It's the same thing. Yeah. So if you just do Dirt Floor, you'll find it. Yeah. Sooner or later, we're there. Yeah. And then check out the albums on check out all. Yep. iTunes. On, yep. Spotify, you can check that out. You'll find all the artists and everything through through Dirt Floor, and certainly my stuff is on Spotify. Yes. You know, I'll make 80 cents off of those, those sales, but yeah. Killer. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can't see us shaking right We're now, shaking. but we are.
0: <laughs> we did. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, you know who, this is a total aside, but Dawes, one of the members is dating Mandy Moore. Oh, he's engaged, engaged to her. Yeah. Engaged. Yeah. Taylor Goldsmith, the singer. I'm like a mega Mandy Moore fan. This is us. Are yeah. you into I, that show? Haven't watched it. Are you I'm out like, of your mind? I'm like a music Mandy Moore fan, she does these oh, folksy that's right. albums. She does. And they're yeah. beautiful. She's really good. And I want a Dawes ma- folksy Mandy Moore. I'll
1: bet you that'll happen. <sighs> that'll a mashup. But you need to you watch it. It. this. Is I, this is us? Okay. okay. That show is so good, and you, you're in on ground. the ground floor because it's just the second season right oh. now. You can you can go on Hulu or whatever it is. Okay. It's you, you're sucked in. Okay. You're done. And she's amazing in it. But uh, yeah, I remember her from what is it, Candy? Oh, yeah. Back right around that time.
0: Yeah, oh, the 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 Volkswagen.
1: Yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But then she was in an Elton John video, I remember too. No, I didn't know. Because Elton John had this record. It was right around September 11th. He made a really killer record. It's the last great record he made. And the videos are like super, they're like movies. That's cool. You'll have to check those out. They're amazing. Look at us, we got to check tangent. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's
0: okay.